eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. I almost said Steve Lorenz was hosting. But anyways, uh, check out all of our stories over at michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Lots of football preview content as we get closer and closer to the season. Among that preview content, we are looking at Michigan's 2021 hopes at each position group heading into the season. We have been looking at the depth chart, position battles, biggest strength, biggest weakness, biggest question marks, and a bold prediction for each position group we have done. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end were one episode. Offensive line, defensive line. We did linebackers and edge defenders in one episode. You can check out all of those wherever you get your podcast, including the 24-7 Sports podcast page. Now we are looking at the defensive backs, safeties and cornerbacks, and I guess the nickel spot is one combined position group. So we can just get we can just jump right into a depth chart discussion. Really only one true position battle, I feel like. I feel like it's Vincent Gray versus DJ Turner. At cornerback, um, Jamon Green is returning as starting cornerback. He had a pretty good year last year, especially toward the end of the season. Daxton Hill, Brad Hawkins, returning starters at safety. They had some ups and downs, but but I think are viewed as as um, you know assets to Michigan's defense. I guess there's a there's a chance that there's there's a, a battle for for snaps at safety with. Um, you know, RJ Moten, Makari Page, a couple players who are who are standing out. And then I do think there is a hierarchy battle going on at cornerback. You know, where do Andre Seldon, Darren Green Warren, um, Jermon Green, George Johnson, if I'm forgetting Jalen Perry, if I'm forgetting someone, uh maybe I am forgetting someone, but Regardless, it feels like there's a little bit of a, Jayden, okay. Sorry, Jaden McBurrows would be one of the true freshmen okay. also. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, so a little bit of a, like, who's next? Who's in that rotation? You know, what's what's the hierarchy look at? Not just for this year, but for next year. But really, I think it is a, a Gray versus Turner. I've predicted Turner to win as soon as I heard he was kind of back in the battle. I think he had injuries and or COVID protocols at some point last fall that prevented him from kind of sticking around in the battle. He didn't win the battle. Um, and so didn't, didn't play a ton last season, but was someone I know Michigan has been excited about for multiple years. And I think he was trending to start last fall. So Steve, your thoughts on the depth chart position battles for the defensive backs. 
safety, strong, cornered, probably kind of iffy. There's some decent recruits in the wings there at corner, right? We've talked that you just mentioned, uh, but a very inexperienced, the younger guys, very inexperienced. Uh, again, another unit that should have played in a, in a, in a free eligibility year when the team was, you know, when the season was all but lost, in my opinion, it's just a, a massively missed opportunity by the former defensive staff to get, a Darian Green Warren, some reps, or you know, some other guys. Just throw them out there. Nothing to lose. Now they're in their second year. They still have not really played a meaningful snap. So, yeah, safety. Hill and Hawkins. Hawkins, we talked about a little bit. Should be a, a guy, another guy that I think they're expecting some kind of rebound from a from a. I think what he would probably even say a disappointing year last year. And then you have yeah, there's some excitement. He literally did say it was a disappointing right, year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you have some excitement with RJ Moten, especially who I think we talk about Nikai Hill green as like that, that first guy off the bench at the linebacker spot for them. I think, I think RJ Moten is that first guy off the bench for them at safety. And matter of fact, if they decide to utilize Daxton Hill in any other unique ways, if they put him out at corner, if they do anything else with him, I think Moten will be the guy to play alongside Hawkins. So, so there's that, you know, there's, there's, and yeah, you talk about Macari page, uh, even like a Jordan Morant, who really has a lot of upside, just got to get is is now back to 100% health. Even Quentin Johnson, another like you're, a lot of guys that were kind of banged up. You know, Quentin Johnson's fought through some injuries. I think he's finally 100% back. Not saying he's going to be uh, a major contributor or anything this year, but again, another name to kind of remember as far as a guy that's uh, 100% healthy and, and maybe ready to maybe at least start the journey to uh, becoming a contributor. So. Yeah, totally different depth charts in my opinion, and and one that really makes makes Daxon Hill a super important player for them in the defensive backfield. Yep. So biggest strength of um, and if you want to go specifically with cornerback or safety, feel free. I'm I'm trying to think what the entire group can can hang its hat on that it does well. Might sound weird coming off of last season. I'm going to say pass coverage. I think that this is, you know, at corner, I think Jamon Green quietly had a better season than people realize. He had he had a couple pretty bad plays, but but he ended up having a really strong season in coverage. I mean, it, it was he was uh helpful, I guess to Michigan, you know, he he was targeted 49 times, which is an incredible amount in six games. Only allowed 19 receptions. So 38.8% completion percentage, uh, 292 yards. So the big plays were definitely there. That's something he has to work on. And he allowed three touchdowns, but he also had eight pass breakups, eight pass breakups to 19 receptions allowed. That's, that's a good ratio for someone who at this time a year ago, wasn't even expected. I don't even know if people knew if he was at corner or safety, he wasn't expected to, to start. And so I think he's pretty good. Daxon Hill, um, excellent in coverage. In, in my opinion, um, you know, allowed 13 receptions last year. The, the coverage stats are, are thanks to pro football focus, by the way. Um, but he had 13 receptions, four pass breakups, and, a, and an interception last season. And so um, pretty good for a safety, in my opinion. I think Brad Hawkins, you know, only allowed eight receptions. So I guess it wasn't a, a, a brutal year. I think there were times where he, he was a little 
looked a little lost in things. Uh, but I just knowing his game, knowing how he can play, I think I think coverage is a strength for him. And then I, I, I still, I think, between DJ Turner and Vincent Gray, Gray really struggled in coverage last year. Um, he allowed 367 passing yards, which is, I mean, some years Michigan as a team won't allow that many passing yards over four or five games. So, um, you know, he's, he would have to struggle, uh, improve in coverage, excuse me. But I, I, I still feel feeling like it's Turner. I feel like they've got a lot of versatility. I think they've got a lot of guys who can play multiple positions, Daxton Hill being one of them. And, and I think that they can, they can cover the guys in the slot. Now I think they can cover, you know, if a team has three pretty good, pretty fast receivers, I feel like, feel like they have a little bit more confidence in the safety room, especially to, to hang with those guys. You're not going to, it's not going to be like Penn state a couple of years ago when they were basically picking on safeties, putting, putting slot receivers on, uh, you know, up against these safeties and completing gigantic passing plays from it. So um, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> that is kind of a little bit of a projection there, especially with green, um, continuing to to progress, but but that would be the strength I see. Is I think there's there's the the requisite amount of quickness and speed and shiftiness in this group, and I think this is a group that can turn into a very strong coverage team um, that that's just really hanging with some of these top receivers. Your biggest strength? Uh, speed. Thinking more along the lines of, of Hill and Moten and Hawkins at safety specifically, but you know, I I do I think I think I, I agree with you. Is the coverage aspect was was really underrated last year, particularly when we talk about breaking down last year's defensive line having no pass rush ability at all. You know, I think that maybe Michigan's corner play a little bit too maligned. Uh, in with that in mind, right? I, I think a little bit better than what people maybe thought they were, you know, I, at safety, it's the depth. Like we talked about, I think that's probably the biggest strength, but I also like the athleticism at the top there Uh, at cornerback. uh, It's kind of hard to say it's, I, you know, I've been the biggest Jamon green guy. I've been on that. I was, I was the, I feel like I was the first one. If I, if I, I've been, They've been happy or excited about him for a long time, and it came to fruition last year. I agree. I thought I think we talked about it near the end of last year. Thought by the end of the year, he was probably one of their two or three best defensive players. Uh, he was an asset, not a liability by any way, shape, or form. So, you know, I, I, you could maybe say they're uh, the top heavy. Uh, I think I think you picked Green as your breakout player for the season. Correct. Am I wrong? It was, that uh, I don't wrong? think he was my number one. I think Cornelius Johnson, but I think it, on the defense, defensive side, defensively, he was your guy, right? I, I think he might've been. Yeah. So, you know, I think he's, there's some upward mobility there at the top. I think the biggest question at corner is the depth. Cause you're talking about really DJ Turner is a lot like green in that he's kind of slowly risen to a position of opportunity. I agree with you, by the way, and I know we'll probably talk about this a little bit more, but uh, I do think he'll be the second guy. So with that in mind, you know, I do think there's some upward mobility at the cornerback position. I think, I think the two guys they put out there to begin the game, I think could be uh, one of the better combos in the conference by the end of the year. Yeah. Biggest weakness to me, 
I don't think it's particularly close. It's consistency. Um, there were plays that Jamon Green, especially Green, Hill, and Hawkins, seemed like one drive they could make an amazing play. The next drive they're committing a, a bad penalty or or just completely whiffing on on a pursuit or you know arm tackling or just letting a big play happen. I think that Rutgers game might have been now they they did Michigan did have a lot of injuries by the end of that Rutgers game on the defensive side of the ball, including I Hawkins, actually, I think. But it just seemed like they were like one play away from you know ending the drive, forcing another three and out and taking over the game. And then it's like a 20 yard pass play. And I think Michigan State, I think that's really how they beat Michigan. And that's not to to discredit Michigan State. They showed up and Michigan seemed like they would show up defensively for a couple plays and then they just like completely short circuit on like a third and 11 or something like that. And so uh, to me, I think consistency has got to be the big issue. There's plenty of reasons why they were inconsistent. Doesn't matter though. I mean, you know, it's not going to matter this year either. It's uh, that's, that's a big difference maker for Michigan. I mean, court, the, the, the defensive backfield might be the position on the field you have to be the most consistently consistent on because one play and you're you're in everything you built to, up to in that drive whatever situation the opponent was in they can just chuck it downfield and if you're inconsistent or if you don't bring it every snap you might get burned so yeah to me that's that's um that's the big weakness. Seemed like there were a lot of big plays allowed last season. Again, there's there's a few reasons for that, but um, it just felt like the whether it was coverage, tackling, kind of being in position to make plays, felt like Michigan's defensive backfield just swung and missed a, a few times, a few more times than than I think Michigan is even a down Michigan team should be expecting to swing and miss on. Your biggest weakness. It's along those lines, but I think the mental strength of yeah of playing the position because I, I the Michigan State game especially I felt like I felt like those issues in that game became way more upstairs than it was anything physical or anything X's and O's even uh, it just felt like it mistake after mistake just felt they like they started to just kind of manifest. Uh, you know, throughout. And I don't think in some areas, I don't think it really ever recovered. Uh, I think if we were being honest, I think last year there were some major mental lapses from both starting safeties. Did they want to be there? I mean, there were really times that felt like that. Yeah. I know you look at Hill, you watch Daxon Hill against Rutgers, especially it was a very just bizarre uh, performance at times, in my opinion. And then with Vince Gray, you know, it was kind of the one where talk about Michigan state. I just think as the season kind of wore on, I think there was a lot of mental, you know, just, just the focus. It's, it's you might say that co- playing corner and maybe safety a little bit, but corner is like the most demanding position. There's almost more pressure on you to play that spot on a play to play basis than any other spot, probably outside of quarterback. Because uh, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, one mistake could be a touchdown for the other team on every single play. And, uh, you know, so I just think uh, 
improving on a play-to-play basis from that aspect. And by the way, I do think it's, I think it's one area where Steve Klinkscale uh, is really, really going to help the unit. I'd say one, if, it, if I was doing like a top three or four spring takeaway or a fall camp takeaways, just based on what I, what we've been told or what everyone has heard is that hire just feels and seems like a home run for them. Uh, the players love him and love playing for him. They respect him. Uh, so that's the weakness I think coming off of last year, I guess. It's, I, I don't want to say it's their weakness this year because we don't know, uh, but it's something I think it's the biggest thing they need to improve on heading into 2021. Yeah. Biggest question mark. Uh, I could, I'll point this one to, to Daxton Hill. Is he, what, what, what can he bring? Um, I don't think he, I don't think it's totally fair. I mean, last season was so short. I don't know if you can really say he underwhelmed, but Michigan doesn't get guys physically gifted like him very often. They, they don't have players who walk onto campus and are posting better combine times at a good combine size than anyone else in the NFL combine. I mean, it's just, uh, and, and I, I think this is his last year, no matter what, I think he'll be a, a top 50 draft pick almost no matter what. I mean, eventually scouts are going to see his speed and, and his shiftiness and his leaping ability and everything. And so it's just what, what level of impact can he have this season? Some of that's on him to, to you know, continue to ascend and, and play hard on a snap-to-snap basis and play really well. Some of that's on Michigan. Make sure that they're getting the most out of him. There's been, I think um, – Steve Klinskill actually said they'll, they'll move him around. He'll be kind of a jack of all trades type of type of player. And so that's, that's the big question for me because there's again, not a ton of top 15 recruits that, that come through Michigan. And, and it's no secret that, that Michigan fans are, are getting a little frustrated at that, you know, under Jim Harbaugh, none of the five stars have seemed to, truly like live up to their billing in terms of becoming all American type players. I think Daxton Hill has the, the potential and the ability to, it's just a matter of his development and then how Michigan utilizes him. So that'd be, that'd be a big question just because there's so much opportunity there and there's so little, I guess, idea of just, just what he's going to look like this fall. Uh, my biggest question is, you know, so we mentioned earlier, if I had to pick, I think DJ Turner will probably be that second corner. Um, how does Vince Gray react? I think that's a huge question. If DJ Turner is the guy that takes that job, you know, Gray started what the last two seasons. Am I wrong? I feel like he started the year before also, didn't he? Gray. I know he started. Wait. He play, started and he played a ton against Alabama in the bowl game a couple of years he ago. He was he was the number three corner. The three, okay, because it was Lavert Hill and Ambry Thomas, right? <clears throat> so, so he played a lot though. Either way, and was good. He was good as a number three corner. Absolutely. You know, and I, maybe that's maybe he maybe he can thrive in that role. I just my thought is because that you need obviously. I mean, this is about as does it gets. You need more than two good cornerbacks to win at big time college football, but how does a guy who had the job last year was getting a lot of praise from the staff. And like, it felt like after his performance against Alabama, 
you know, as a guy that was definitely ascending and might be the next big time corner at Michigan, how does he, if he's not the guy, that second guy, how does he kind of rebound and, and, and how does he react to that? I think will be really uh, big for that position as a whole, because Michigan needs him. Like they, they need him a lot. They need all three of these guys and they need someone else to step up. Whether that's Hill sliding over, if Moten comes along far enough and they can move Mm -hmm. Hill over a little bit more, you know, I still, I look at that the same way we talk about the defensive line episode. If, if Welshoff can, can break out, you know, and they can move Jeter around a little bit more and, and, and kind of utilize that. I think I look at Daxon Hill the same way in the defensive backfield with Moten, but you know, I, yeah. How does Vince Gray react and potentially kind of be moving down? I mean, because he'd have been the number one guy going into last season. Gray one, Green two. Yeah. Right. You know, how do you go for? How do you react? How do you recover? Not recover is the wrong word, but how do you kind of rebound and and how do you approach or attack? You know, kind of being demoted a little bit. I mean, really, there's no other way to put it. You know, because I think that's really going to go a long way for that unit because they are they're going to need quality football from him this year if they're going to want to cover teams that like to throw the football yeah yeah that's a that is a big one um bold prediction i'll keep mine simple i I mentioned the coverage stats earlier i I think this will be a pretty good year for jamon green i think this is a year my prediction is he is first second or third team all big 10 and i i probably not first team all Big Ten, just being if I'm being somewhat realistic, probably more in the second or third team. But I think this is a this is a big year for him. I think this is a breakout season for him a little bit. I think I think last season, honestly, if they played 12 games, I I'm inclined to think that he would have been viewed a lot more favorably. I think he was on his way. I thought uh, was it the Penn State game that he was he was starting to look a little bit like a lockdown corner. Um, you know, Penn State didn't have the most prolific offense in the country. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he had a very good Penn state game. He was, um, he only allowed two receptions for 15 yards targeted five times, uh, had two pass breakups. So yeah, it's, I think, I think this is, this is a year where Jamon green becomes an all big 10, not first team necessarily, but all big 10 caliber corner. That would be my, my bold prediction. He's, he's just one guy. I'll own it if, if I'm wrong, but I, I just, I think this is going to be a breakout season for him. Your bold prediction. I think it gets to the point where RJ Moten is too good for Michigan to keep him off the field. Pretty simple. It just, it feels like it's been heading that way. We keep hearing excellent things about him. I just, I think that's what it's going to be. And I think it, I think, I think it's a situation like what I talked about a little bit earlier, I, I, I don't know if you could envision a better case scenario for Michigan. It's just a question of whether or not, I think there were questions about whether or not Dax Hill really embraced the idea of, of doing playing the cornerback type spot a lot. I, I just, I think Moten will be too good to keep off the field. And I think it could open up a lot of doors for Michigan defensively. If Dax Hill's covering people and do, and, and that Michigan's able to sort of utilize him as sort of a Jack of all trades type guy. Cause I know Mike McDonald, uh, has really big plans for Hill. So I, I think that Moten becomes too much of a factor for them. They got to play him, and that allows them to utilize Hill in a, in a variety of ways. Yeah, Moten, for those that don't know, it's another guy that 
his story and it hasn't necessarily been been told a ton yet he's kind of like hill green in the last episode uh really rangy athlete i think he probably could have been if i'm not mistaken he was he could have been drafted in major league baseball if that was his main sport and so um but it's not he's a football player and he's he's always impressed jim harbaugh with his with his workouts even when he's not on michigan's facilities i think the the thing that harbaugh mentioned last summer was he was um he just got a text from RJ one day. It was like, Hey coach just went on a 50 mile bike ride, you know, up, up in these Hills. And so it was, you know, burned like, you know, a couple thousand calories along the way and everything. And so it's just, he's just kind of one of those types. Um, I think it was clear when he got on campus last fall, he's just a lot of workout warriors on, on football teams and Michigan isn't unique in that sense, but some some guys are just built a little different in how they how they approach hard work and training and everything. And Moten's Moten's one of those guys. And now it sounds like, based on coach coaches saying stuff, sounds like the technique and the the nuances of being a safety are coming together. Anyways, that's gonna do it for this episode for Steve Lorenz. I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine Twenty Four Seven Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.